But today we're going to be finishing up our final essential tools uh, series. I've been really enjoying doing this series with you. We've been taking a, a tool that uh, is a physical tool and relating it to a spiritual tool. And so we've talked about a hammer and a level and a measuring tape and the word of God and, and the wisdom of God and the generosity of God and all those sort of things. And today we're in our very last week and this is a very important tool because this tool actually helps you do better with all the other four tools that we've talked about, okay? And so this is a very important tool, and the tool that we're going to be using today, or the tool that we're going to be looking at today, is this tool. Now, this is a good old tool. I like these tools. Now, this is an interesting tool, because right now, this tool is absolutely worthless. This tool is absolutely, it's a paperweight right now. It doesn't do anything. I guess you could maybe take the, the bit off and use the bit, but this is an important tool. This is not the tool in its proper term or proper sense that we're going to be using today or talking about today. When we take this little part to the bottom and we connect it to it, <laughs> that was not planned. Now, glad that didn't shoot off into my eye. Now, Hopefully, yes. Today we're going to be talking about power tools. Yeah. Yeah, if there, if there is a Toys R Us, you know, type of section in, in the hardware store, in my opinion, it's the power tools. Now, that's not saying I know how to use any of them effectively. And, and mainly, I realized that I shouldn't do some of those things because if you notice, this is amazing. I, I have actually used some of them with sharp edges, and I still have all of my digits, you know, so that's a, that's a miracle. But we're going to be talking about power tools and and the power tool really relates to something very important before we jump into it let's pray father we love you and we thank you for this time jesus we thank you for this opportunity to look at these things and father i pray that god you would just give me clarity that you would help me to to communicate the things that you want me to communicate today we love you and we thank you in jesus name Amen. Amen. So, the power tool is an interesting tool, and the power tool, our first point this morning we're looking at, the power tool relates to the Spirit of God. We've talked about the Word of God. We've talked about the wisdom of God. We've talked about the finances of God. We've talked about the boundaries of God. And today we're going to be talking about the Spirit of God. But before we jump into that, I, I, I thought it would be fun to do something a little bit different. And I, I asked Josh if he would come and help me. So Josh, would you be willing to come on up here? He said yes at the beginning of service, and now I'm thinking he may, he may say no. So Josh, what I need you to do is I need you to stand there. We're going we're gonna to do a good job and stay away from each other. because okay. So what you have in front of you is, if you can't see, I'm going to pull this up so everybody can see. We have a, a, a simple two-by-four with about three screws in there. And, and Josh, we are going to have us a competition. Okay? <laughs> we're going to have us a competition. We're going to see... No, just, just, you can be quiet. Don't ruin my, my illustration. Okay. Maybe you should have worn a mask. Okay, no. I'm teasing. So we're going gonna, gonna, gonna to have a competition. We're going to see who can get their screws into the wood quick enough. Now, I don't believe this will go into the table, but if it does, that'll be a funny story later on. So we're going to have a competition. So I have my tool, and I need to give you your tool. Because, I mean, I, mean, I know you're, you're strong, but I, I seriously doubt you're going to want to use your fingers to get it in there. No, don't, no it's not a trick. It, it's, all, it's, all, it's all kosher. Yeah. So let me give you your tool, okay? So here's your tool. So you can use that one. Now, now uh, I have my tool, and we're going to have a competition, see who gets them in first. Are you ready? Now remember, that's a Phillips screwdriver. I have a Phillips screwdriver. No, I don't cheat. 
I'll let you know when it's time to go. All right, are you ready? Okay. Uh, your mark. Get set. Go. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, just go ahead and get started. Go ahead. Anytime. Yeah, work hard on that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're big and strong. There you go. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Keep going all the way in. It's got to be touching the wood. Yeah, keep working. Yeah, you're doing good. Is it horrible? No, it's not. No, let me, let me see if I can do mine a little bit. You know, see if I can. No, it's no. No, I, I, trust me, I made sure before the service it was charged up. Because that was my fear. The only concern I had was if that, are you, are you, are you done with one yet? Yeah. No, not you're, come on. Yeah, I got all the way in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How much do you bench press? How much was that again? Mm -hmm. 330. 330, yeah. That's a little screw. Come on, you can do it. Come on, number two. Oh, you missed. Okay, come on. Let me see if I can get this last one in. Should I go ahead and finish it off so we can just end this, so, this thing? Okay, you sure? All right. There you go. You're, well, you got, you got one, one and a half. Yeah. You know, what, what, it's not the right. Oh, oh, so now we hear the excuses. Yeah, your wife is right over there. She's ashamed. Of, no, Jeff, she's, she's not. No, no. Josh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Give Josh a hand for helping us out and me kind of making a fool of him. And, and, and you know, it, it's always fun for me to take someone that, that I know could actually probably lift me up over his head and snap me in two uh, and bring him up and do something like that. But here's the interesting thing. Both tools are the same, if you think about it. And you go, no, they're not, Aaron. Yeah, they are. They're, they're a Phillips head screwdriver. Now, one relates or needs the power of the person to actually make it work. Josh had to be the one that was using the muscles that he had and the strength that he had to get that screw in. Here's the thing. Josh is up here. I'm watching him. He's down. He's doing a great job. And he's working. He's trying to get that screw in. I didn't break a sweat. Why? Because... I had a power tool. I had something that was equipping me to accomplish the job that I had set out to do. And in a lot of ways, that's what the Spirit of God is. It is a power tool that helps us to accomplish those things that God has called us to do. We're going to look at that in a minute. But in your notes, if you have them in front of you, this is what it says. It says, the Spirit of God relates to a power tool. The Holy Spirit wants to empower your life to make you a more effective, Effective tool in his hands. That's what the spirit wants to do. The spirit, whether it be um, in a situation where, where, we'll talk about more of these in a minute, but no matter what God has called you to do in that moment, God wants to take the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and equip your life and give you the power to accomplish it. You know what I find sometimes in my life and the life of others is we try so hard to accomplish the mission that God has given us in our own strength. We try so hard. We're, we're a lot like Josh. We, we have the tool. God has equipped us with the proper bit. And, and instead of using the power source of the Holy Spirit to accomplish those things, we kind of sit there and we're working and we're trying. And you know what? Hey, that's great that we're trying. It's great that we're working. That is an awesome thing. But look, we have a gift that we can use to accomplish great things for God if we will use the power that he has given us through his spirit. Let's look at John 16, 7. This is an interesting verse because a lot of times we miss this verse because we, we focus so much on, on Jesus. We, we've seen in the last maybe five or so, ten years, we've seen a more of a of a um, focus on the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a great thing because it's important we understand how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Jesus wanted us to understand that in John 16, and this is what it says. 
Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. They're upset. They're sad because, because Jesus has basically told them, listen, I'm getting ready to leave. And this is what Jesus says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, it is better for me to leave, which is an amazing statement. Because we love Jesus. We want to be around Jesus. But Jesus here is saying it is to our advantage that he leaves. Now why? Why is it his advantage that I go away? He says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That helper. Some, some translations use the word comforter. That, that, that Holy Spirit. Jesus here is saying, listen, it is better that I leave so this Holy Spirit comes and helps you and empowers you to accomplish the things that I need you to do. Look at Zechariah 4.6. In Zechariah 4.6, this is what it says. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If you kind of go back to our little example here, in a lot of ways, if this will help you, Josh was working with his strength and his might, and he was getting it, and here's the bottom line, he, he, he got one in, maybe one in just a little bit, yeah, I got a little bit of the second one, but that's all he did, and he was working hard. God here says, listen, when you will use the spirit of God, when you will allow that power source to connect to your life, there's going to be some mighty awesome things that are going to take place. So in some ways, we need to figure out what does this power really do? What does this power really do? What does Jesus say about it, and how can we use it and apply it for our lives? Look at Acts 1. In Acts 1, chapter 4 through 6, we see something very interesting. Now, I'll kind of give you a timeline, kind of where we're at in Acts 1. Jesus, at this point, has, has died. He's risen from the dead. And the Bible tells us that he spends about 40 days on earth with his disciples, teaching and explaining things to them before he ascends into heaven. Okay? And Jesus here is discussing things with his disciples. And this is where we find ourselves in, in Acts 1, 4 through 5. And then we're going to jump to verse number 8. So this is what it says. Once while he was eating with them, he being Jesus, he commanded them. Again, he being Jesus. He commands them. He's talking to his disciples. Okay? Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. The gift he promised. We need to, we'll focus on that in a minute, but or in a little bit. But just remember that. It's, this is a gift, okay? The gift he's promised that I told you before. Jesus is saying, hey, remember, I told you back in John. You know, obviously the book wasn't written yet. But I told you I was going to leave. I told you I was going to send a helper, okay? This is the promise that I've talked to you about before. And this is what he says in chapter 5, or verse number 5. John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay? You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus here makes a clear definition or a clear distinction, excuse me, between these things. He talks about the baptism of John in water. And then he also talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which in later other verses we see is kind of a baptism of fire. Okay? So it's a completely different situation. And now let's jump to verse number 8. It says this, and he jumps, he speaks a few things, and then he jumps to eight and continues on. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we see this, Jesus saying, listen, he's commanded us, he's commanded his disciples, listen, you need to wait for a promise that is going to give you power to be my witnesses and to accomplish the mission that I've called you to do. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this is important that we catch this. The word power to us is really, there's one translation of power and things like that. In the original Greek, there's really two. There's two words that they use to translate the word power. The first is, is a word that is excusa. Excusa. That basically means is the concept of power that comes from authority. Okay? The power that comes from authority. And that's an important understanding. You understand this. Hold on to that. Power of authority. The next one is dunamis. Okay? Dunamis is the idea of power through ability. Okay? The power through ability. So here as Jesus is talking and he's promising this power, what is he really communicating? What is he really trying to get us to understand? And it's really simply this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is given to us to give us the authority and ability we need to fulfill the mission that God has called us to. Okay? The ability and the authority. Some of us, listen, some of us, when we try to do the works that God has given us, we have the authority, but we don't necessarily have the ability. The Spirit can give us that ability. I don't know if you've ever um, seen somebody that, that basically you, you kind of look at them and, and you're just trying to be mean, you're just trying to be honest, and you're kind of like, I, I don't know if that's your, you know, we, we, use, the, we use really Christian-y words and really sweet things. We say, I don't believe that's your calling, you know. We use that. You know what's amazing about the Holy Spirit? I have seen people that, that in my mind, in my ideas, I'm going, I don't know if that's their calling. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh my goodness, somehow that just became your calling. And God has given them an ability that they did not have on their own. And also, some of us have the abilities, but we don't have the authority. We, don't, we have the ability to do things. We have the ability to speak or sing or watch a kid or whatever. But we're not operating in the power and the authority that Christ gives us through his Holy Spirit. So we need to understand that both play into this understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and both play into this understanding of what the Holy Spirit wants to do, that power that he wants to give you. He doesn't want to just give you the authority to do things. He wants to give you the ability to do those things with his help. So let's look in Acts, a very obviously important story when we talk about these sort of things, and also a very important story as we see this power in equipping someone to do the work that God has given them to do. So we're going to look at Acts 2. So in Acts 2 verses 1 through 4, again, let me give you the setting. Jesus has already ascended into heaven at this point. He's gone and he's told his disciples, listen, you need to wait for the promise. You need to wait for the promise, okay? So basically that's where it, it, it kind of takes us. Basically at that time after Jesus ascends, his disciples and about 120 people, they go into a, what the Bible calls an upper room. It was probably a, a room that was somewhat large. Um, it was probably, some people think it was probably around the temple area because most people's homes were not nearly big enough to handle that many people. And so they think it was maybe like an open kind of um, terrace or something like that where these people were meeting. And so the Bible 
Bible says, it gives us some timelines here, okay? This is what it says. It's on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Now, just so we understand, because a lot of times there's a lot of confusion when it comes to the idea of Pentecost and the idea of what that is. Pentecost is simply, if you take the word Pentecost and you break it down what it means, it basically means five times ten, okay? Five times ten, okay? Why is that important? Well, you take five times ten and what do you get? 50. Is that right? Did I do my math right? Please? Okay? Okay, good. Whew. I, I, I was looking at you guys to help me in that, you know. I, I don't have a calculator. So 50. Basically, Pentecost, when you look at the Jewish calendar, came 50 days after Passover. Okay? So the idea of Pentecost is 50. 50 days after Passover. So this is one of the Jewish main feasts and main ideas. And so on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus has, has died and has risen again, all that jazz, all that wonderful things, they are meeting and on this day something amazing happens. It says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they, was, where they were seating or they were sitting. Let's continue with verse 3. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So they've waited. They've, com they've completed it. Uh, the time that you know, Jesus said, listen, this is going to come. And it took 10 days of prayer and fasting and, and being together in one accord and in, in unity. Praying for this gift that God was going to give. And we see here come on in Acts 1 through 4. Now let's continue on with verse number 5 of Acts 2 because now we see some other things begin to take place. Okay, So at the time, the, the, at that time, okay, the day of Pentecost, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now let's hold off there for just a second because I think there's something important that we catch here. Okay? It's interesting to me that a lot of times when we talk about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, can we just be honest? It, it has turned a lot of people off. And, and, and it has happened, I think, because some, some well-meaning people have really caused there to be some some issues when it comes to these things. And people don't understand it, and they're scared, and they don't know. It's a different thing. But let me, let me help you with something here. Okay? And I think this is important that we catch this. When the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit does something amazing, it is my firm belief that people will come running. If, if you're seeing stuff that's coming out, because it can get real kooky, kooky really quick, okay? I'm just going to be honest. And it's causing people to run away from God. You might want to think about that for a second. Okay? The Spirit draws people to himself. Okay? And we, get, we can get real focused in on a lot of things that we're not going to get into today. But I just want you to... That's a good litmus test. Okay? Is the Spirit of God, is the baptism of the Spirit, is all these gifts of the Spirit, all these things that we could get into that we're not going to... Are, are these things that are drawing people to himself. Because in this, we see people running. We see people running to want to figure out what is going on. What is happening. Okay? So they come running. Now let's go ahead and jump to verse number 12. We're going to jump on down. So this is their response. They stood there amazed and perplexed 
and they say this, what can this mean, they asked each other. What can this mean? So they come, something's happening. Something's powerfully taking place. And they want to know what it is. They want to experience what is going on. What is all this about? Now let's jump, continue on with the story in Acts 14, or 2.14. And then we're going to kind of jump way down into 32 and 33. And this is what it says. It says, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Remember, they've come. They want to know what is going on. So Peter jumps up. Now let's stop here for a second. This is Peter. Do we, do we, I, I, I don't want to bring out the, the skeletons in Peter's closet, but we're going to. This is Peter. This is the guy who just 50-some days ago denies Jesus to a little girl. Now, in front of thousands of people, some of which, oh listen, and we didn't talk about this, some of which are not being kind, they're being very derogatory, he jumps up. Peter! He jumps up and he says to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of, of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. So Peter jumps up. Peter jumps up and he begins to share one of the first sermons post Jesus' resurrection that we have. It is a, listen, I, I encourage you, read it in Acts 2. A lot of times when we talk about the Holy, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and oh, Acts 2, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't forget to read uh, Peter's sermon in Acts 2. It is a powerful message. It is, it is a, a, a message showing what the power of God and the Spirit of God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit can do in a person's life immediately. There is power there. You had, listen, if this will help you out, Peter before this, he was working with this. He was trying his hardest. He was, I'm giving it in Jesus' Jesus, who, who are you? I, I don't understand why, why I got to run away. Oh, I got to pull the sword out and cut off in here. This is Peter. All of a sudden, with the baptism of the Spirit, he has taken himself and he has in, let the Spirit of God connect to his life to the point where he's like, all right, let's go. Let's talk about this. I'm not afraid anymore. And you continue to see that in the book of Acts. You continue to see it in the book of Acts. So now let's jump to verse number 32 and 33. And this is what it says. This is what Peter, that Peter kind of bring it down the message that he has to share. He says, that God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the highest, to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. Just as you hear and see today. So in this situation, you see something absolutely incredible. And 3,000 people accept Jesus. 3,000 people accept Jesus. Now, why is that important? Why do we need to understand that? Why does Jesus tell them they need this power? Why? The mission that they gave, that Jesus gave them, is you're going to receive power to be my witnesses all over the world. He gives them power. And guess what happens? 3,000 people get saved. The Holy Spirit has empowered them to complete the mission. Now, here's the deal. The mission isn't complete at this point, but it's still 
excuse me, it's still working. It's still important. It's still changing lives today. And it's important that we catch that. Number three, let's keep moving. Because I think this is important. Sometimes we, we miss this. Who is this power for? Who's this power for? Because I've talked to people, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just this little, little, you know, I'm, I can't, oh, I, I, God would never fill me. God would never do this. God would never. L- listen, this is important that you understand. Look at Acts 2. In Acts 2, 16 through 18, this is what it says. This is part of Peter's sermon. This is part of the sermon that most of us know, but we really need to look a little bit deeper to see what is being communicated here. And I think this is important when we talk about who this power is for. So look at Acts 2.16 with me. It says this. Basically, Peter responds to the crowd. He says, no. What you see, because people are asking, what is this? What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel, Joel. And Peter now quotes Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Why is this important? Why do we need to understand that? Simply this. In the Old Testament, we see God pouring out his spirit at certain times for certain situations for certain people. Okay? We have scripture in the old testament that shows god pouring out his spirit in people at times but now we see god pouring out his spirit on all people all people who is this power for everybody who's the spirit of god for everybody can listen you, you can sit there and go, oh no it's not for me listen this power is for you this gift is for you and you need it Listen, you need it. Listen, you look at our world today. We need this power. We need this authority. We need this ability to accomplish the mission that God has laid before us. We need to understand that. Look at Acts 2.39. Again, Peter is still talking. He's still sharing these things. And I think this is important that you catch this. Okay, because sometimes there's a little confusion when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Peter says. This promise, meaning the baptism of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, is to you, to your children, and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Once again, we see that word all. Once again, we see this idea of, hey, this isn't just for today. This isn't just for tomorrow. This is for those that are a long way off. That's us. This power is for you. This power is for me. This power can make a huge difference in our lives. We need to plug into that power. We need to use the power. So the final one we're going to look at this morning. How do I receive the gift? of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And listen, let's just be honest. This is where things can get a little, a little difficult for some people. And some things have been done that, that quite honestly have, have put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So we're going to look at this honestly, and we're going to look at this and see what God's Word says. Acts 2, 37 and 38. Okay? How do we get this? How do we get this? Because it's important that we understand where we start here. But this is, this is the crowd's response to Peter's message. Peter's words pierce their hearts 
And he said to them and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? Now Peter continues in verse 38. So Peter is now going to answer them of what do we do? How did 3,000 people get saved on this day? Peter is now telling them how they do that, if that makes sense. And this is what we see in verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at what Peter said. Let's break it down because there's really three parts here that we need to understand. Number one, and this is number one. And when we talk about two and three, they can be interchanged. But number one has to come first. Okay, Peter's first thing. What do we do? What do we do? First thing Peter says to them, you must repent of your sins and turn to God. It's important that we catch that. Okay, Repentance and turning from God is a great way of basically saying basically the same idea. It's the idea of going, I'm going my own way, I'm doing my own thing, and I am repenting of that, repenting of my sin, and I'm literally turning around and going the opposite way. A lot of times what we do in our lives is we do this. We're, 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 we're kind of doing our own thing. We mess up. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. God, forgive me. God, I, can you please forgive me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We keep moving the same direction. Repentance, true repentance, is what we call to be, is turning from those things and going in the opposite direction. Okay? we got to make sure we're doing that. That's step one. Step two he talks about is the idea of being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now this is important that we understand. Now listen to me because this is where things can get a little confusing for some people. Okay? We are not saved or you are not not saved if you have not yet been baptized in water. I remember when I was a kid, I, I don't know if I told you the story or not, where I was maybe six, seven years old, and I had a kid in the children's church tell me, hey, Aaron, have you been baptized? I said, no, no, not yet. He goes, well, you're going to hell. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, you got to be baptized or you won't make it to heaven. Scared me to death. I remember going home that Sunday, Mom, Dad, i got to get baptized. And mom and dad going, oh, that, that's great. I mean, they were excited. You know, that's great. And I'm like, I'm, like, I, I'm upset about this. Because I'm like, mom, dad, you didn't tell me. You know, it's like, I'm your only, I'm your firstborn son. You know, obviously you hate me. You don't want me to go to heaven, you know. And, and they're like, what's the big rush? And I said, well, I, I got to get, I got to get, I got I to gotta go to heaven. Okay. Water baptism is an awesome thing. Do not misunderstand me. But we're not saved because of water baptism. Okay. But, but what Peter is talking about here is he helps us. He doesn't say you must be baptized in water. He says you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Jewish people were typically not baptized. Who was baptized at that time? It was Gentiles who wanted to become Jewish. What Peter is saying here is, listen, listen, it's not that he was asking them to not be Jewish anymore, but he was basically saying, hey, listen, you need to turn your life completely over to Jesus. You need to be completely dependent on him. You need to look to him. He is your hope. He is your source. Now, should we be water baptized? Absolutely. It's a great, wonderful thing. And I encourage you to do that. And we're going to do that as soon as we can, we can in a lot of ways. But, but you need to understand, it's not, you're not saved or not saved because of it. The last thing he talks about is he said, you can do those things. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. 
This is important. I have seen people that have two and three have been reversed, okay? And it can be without any issue. But these are three things that are very important, okay? And when I talk about number two being reversed, I'm talking about the actual physical act of water baptism, okay? So how do we receive this gift? First and foremost, we stop walking in sin and we turn and we repent and we start going to God. Number two, not only are we doing that, not only are we going that direction, but we have, let, we have turned everything over to Jesus. Jesus, it's all yours. I love you. I look to you. You are my hope. You are my source. You are my song. And when we do those things, the gift of the Holy Spirit will come. Now, let's look at one more verse so that we don't have some, make some of the same mistakes that, quite honestly, I had to go through as a kid. Look at Luke 11, okay? And this is an important verse that you catch, okay? Jesus here is speaking. He's been talking about prayer. He's been talking about some things, but he, he kind of concludes a little bit of this section with something that we need to catch. Look at Luke 9 with me. This is what it says. Jesus is speaking. And also I tell you, keep on asking... And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Now let's stop with verse 9 before we move on to verse 10. There's a word that continues to be used in this verse. It's the word keep. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. A lot of times we, we're not, we, we don't keep on, okay? Does that make sense in our lives? So Jesus here is saying, listen, you've got to keep on asking. You've got to keep on seeking. You've got to keep on knocking. And then he continues, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now let's continue. Jesus now talks a little bit more. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. And this is an important verse. So, if, you're, if you and your, your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The Holy Spirit. How do we get this? Oh, this is, this is, this is life-changing. I know. We ask. And it's a gift. Listen, in, in, in a couple days, I'm going to do something really cool. I'm going to celebrate my birthday with my son. Now, why do you say, well, why is that important? Because we share a birthday. It's the coolest thing ever. And guess what? Don't tell him. Don't ruin it. But we got, we got him some gifts for his birthday. Oh, you heard that. Okay, okay. Okay, well, I don't know what to do now. Okay, where are you going? Now, now, what did he do to deserve those gifts? Nothing. Let's be honest. Who deserves the gifts on our birthdays? I'll be honest, mom does. I was present. Mom was doing all the work. A gift isn't necessarily warranted. You can't do things to earn it. It is a gift. Now, here's what we need to understand. I'm going to tell you a, a story about a friend of mine. And I'm not telling you this, if the worship team wants to come on up, I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling you this to be like, um, I need to make sure it's out of their way. Um, oh, well, this, or I can't, or what. It, you know, but th this is just a story that... Um, 
a friend of mine shared with me when, when we were in uh, Bible college together. And uh, he was a, a pastor's son and a, a great guy. Um, and, and he uh, and I were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Spirit and, and all those wonderful things. And, um, and he told me a story. And he said, uh, you know, I, I went to youth camp, and, and I don't know if you know this, but if you've ever been to an Assembly of God youth camp, Wednesday night is always Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit night. Always. It's Wednesday night, you know. I mean, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I went to camp more, longer than that. I mean, it is, Wednesday is baptism of the Holy Spirit night, you know. Monday, salvation. Tuesday, fruit of the Spirit. Um, Wednesday is uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Friday is, is, is literally scare the snot out of you. That's, that is the, the way it would work. When I was a kid. And, and, and he would go and, and he, would, he would pray, God, fill me with, your, with your, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God did it. And, and that was a really hard thing on him, a really hard situation. And he tells the story, he said, he said you know, I was, I was in Bible college. He said, I was a freshman in Bible college and and I was praying and I was just heartbroken. God, why won't you fill me with the Holy Spirit? And he said, I felt like God spoke to me. And he said, I will fill you. I will do what I promised. He said, but just so you know, just to kind of help you out right now, it'll happen when there's nobody else around. And that took place and it was literally months still that went by where he was not filled with the Holy Spirit. He wanted so desperate. But you know what? He kept on seeking. He kept on knocking. He kept on going after it. And he tells the story in our dorm rooms. There was a, there was a prayer, there, every hall had a prayer room. And he said, I was in that prayer room on just some weird day. And he said, out of nowhere, God filled me. And he, and, and he said, what was so amazing, he said, was the change in his life. It wasn't the stuff that came along with it. It was he was at that time, he was kind of like this drill. He, listen, here's what's amazing. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try. I bet you, if I tried, let's see, righty, tighty, lefty, loosey, there we go. I think I could maybe, oh, I'm pulling it out. I'm not doing it. But you know what? If I tried hard enough, oh, and I kept working, I may be able to get it in with this tool. Maybe. Worked hard enough, I bet I could do it. But he talks about in that moment feeling like God took that power source and everything changed. And all of a sudden, the power that he needed was there to accomplish the things that God had called him to do. You see, I truly believe that we are given the baptism of the Spirit. We're given the Spirit to be a help and a comforter and, and so many things. But it's also to accomplish the mission that God's called us to accomplish. That mission for you may be to be an encouragement. That mission may be to be a witness. And obviously for all of us, these are all things depending on the moment that we should be focused in on. But if we're going to do it to the way that God wants us to do it, we've got to plug into the power source. Now listen, can you get it in with this screwdriver? Hey, listen, Josh got one in. Good for him. And that's great. And I'll speak for myself. I want, a, I want the gift that God's given me to accomplish 
great and mighty things for him. Now, am I saying that if you don't have that power source, you can't accomplish great and mighty things? No, don't put words in my mouth here, please. Okay? But I believe very strongly this is a gift of God that is for everyone. And you say, well, Aaron, I've been praying and and I I haven't been filled with the Spirit. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. You may be like my friend who God says, listen, it's going to happen at a different time in a different place. And you know why he said he believed that's what God had had for him? It's because he had had some kind of bad experiences with the gifts of the Spirit and with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so God was like, listen, I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to even let it into your mind that it's fake, phony, or, 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 or manufactured. You're going to know it's from me because there's going to be nobody else there. And in his timing, when God was ready, and when he was ready, So listen, this isn't about making sure that before you walk out of here, everything, you've gotten this power source. I'll be honest with you, because maybe, I'm just being honest, maybe today's not your day. And and you go, how could you say that? Because I don't, because I've seen it. But here's what I will say. Here's what I believe in everything in me. If you will keep seeking and you will keep knocking, you will receive. Do I know when? No, I do not. But I believe that with everything in me. But you can have this power. And can I be honest with you? The world doesn't need more screwdrivers. The world needs some power. The world needs some people that can say, you know what? not by my might, not by my strength, but by his spirit. I can accomplish great things. So listen, if you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, can, can you do me a favor? Because I, I find this can happen in people's lives. If you have this battery pack, it does you no good unless it's connected to the drill. Get reconnected. Pray in your heavenly language. Be open to the move and the gifts of the Spirit. Make sure the fruits are in operation before you worry about the gifts, please. But we can connect to that. For those of you that don't, some of you, you're walking around and you're like this. And I know some of you have been asking for it. And maybe today's the day. I don't know. I'm not God. I can't, I can't answer that. But I believe you keep praying, you keep seeking, it'll come. For some of you, you go, boy, I didn't know I needed this. This is a gift that God wants to give you that you can plug your life into. So no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, it's time. It's time to use the power tool that God's given us. Will you pray with me? And then we're going to have John and, and the worship team lead us in a closing chorus. Father, I come to you right now. And Father, right now, God, I just pray that, Father, if there are individuals in this room that need to ask for this power source, that they will ask you right now. That, Father, they would begin that process of seeking and knocking with the faith and the trust and the knowing that you will provide it in your timing. Father, for those that have received this gift, But quite honestly, they haven't plugged it in. They haven't charged it up. You know, that's the other thing with this battery. 
is, is it eventually is going to lose its power unless you go back to a charging port, unless you go back to the source of the power. And some of us need to do that. Some of us need to get back into that knowing that we, we have a power that is available to us that we can use to accomplish whatever you set out for us to accomplish. So Father, no matter where we're at, Father, I pray right now for those that are praying and seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that Father, right now, if it is your timing and your will, that Father, you would fill them right now, right now. But if it isn't, Father, that we look to you knowing and trusting that you will fill them in your timing and in your place, and you will give them power to be witnesses and to be strong and to make a difference and to do all the things you called them to do all the giftings you called them to do all those things you want to use and equip through your holy spirit right now but jesus don't let any of us continue down the road of trying to get through this world and get through this life with simply a screwdriver let us be using the power let us be using our power core our power tools let us be seeking and recharging that battery let us be doing the things necessary to let those things take place in our lives father we love you and we thank you you're so good we love you so much let's all stand john and the worship team are to come and lead us in a closing chorus thank you father keep praying keep seeking thank you
us, that you would you would be there with us. You would send your, your Holy Spirit to empower your people. You haven't left us. You didn't go away and leave us alone. You sent that comforter. You sent that helper. You sent that empowerer that we call the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us all to walk in that power, to walk in that authority, to walk in the ability that we are given because of the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. We love you. We thank you. Father, for those that are seeking this gift, Father, I pray that those words from Luke would just rattle around in their heads. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on going. Because you tell us when we do that, those things are going to come. Those things are going to come. It's not an if. It's not a maybe. It's not a they will come. And we can stand on your promise because your promises are yes and amen. We love you. And Jesus, we thank you for this morning, for this time, for this opportunity to come together. Father, for those that are, that are uh, at home or watching online, and Father, we just pray for them as well, obviously. They would seek you and know you and experience the power of your Holy Spirit. You can fill us anytime, any place, anywhere. And we know and we trust in your timing and in the power of your Holy Spirit. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. For those watching online, we love you. We hope to see you soon when you're ready. But hey, love you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right? Awesome. Love you. Thank you.